friends, we are here to break the boundaries between your yoga teachers and you. Welcome to Conversations with Yogis. Just a few teachers having a chat over coffee, all things yoga and real life. We're your hosts, Ashley and Melinda. So hello everyone. Um, today, Ashley and I are welcoming Sunita on our podcast. She's a friend of mine who I met years ago in Richmond. She's a teacher, but also a teacher trainer now as well. And today we will try to cover everything from cultural appropriation, how can you bring, bring um, yoga philosophy into your everyday life and where yoga is headed today. So even if you're a practitioner or you want to do a teacher training or thinking of doing one, I think this episode will be good for you. So welcome Sunita on the podcast. Would you introduce yourself? Yeah, well, firstly, thank you, Melinda and Ashley, for having me. I'm very like excited um, to be part of your your podcast and like being part of like all the wonderful things that uh, you both have been doing um, on this podcast. So it's really, um, really um, special to be here uh, with you both um, and to like kind of share my my thinking and my thoughts uh, around yoga. So the question was, what was your question? My journey to yoga? Is that what you said? Then yeah, so go introduce yourself or what brought you to uh, your... yeah 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 so uh Sunita Sunita Devi is that's who I am and um I teach yoga um I have been in teaching for like I think 10 years maybe uh something along those lines and then probably practicing like for 20 20 odd years or so so kind of yoga has been very much part of of my um, life and then so when I kind of decided uh, to train as, as as a yoga teacher I did it for myself I think I'd t- I say that because I think underneath it I secretly wanted to be a teacher but I think it's quite I was protecting myself going I'm doing it for myself um, but underneath I think there was always like an inner teacher that kind of wanted to come out so uh, yeah once I trained I never like when I trained I I had an amazing job that I loved and so I in terms of like teaching I always saw yoga as my second career so I was like oh I've got this job in uh, a law firm and I do learning and development and I grow people and then alongside that I had like my second career which was my my teaching so working full-time and then I used to like teach two or three classes a week alongside that for a a period of time and then eventually the full-time job like my time there was shrinking and my yoga stuff was getting bigger and bigger Um, and then I kind of left my job um, all on good terms like I haven't got the story about being burnt out you know or hating my corporate job I absolutely loved it and I would go back again into that space so I really loved it I really enjoyed it um and then um I took redundancy with them um because it came to a point when my role kind of I'd done what I could do within that role and with the company I was working with and then so I kind of just organically landed in yoga and started to teach full-time across London and then from there I just had lots of like different opportunities come my way um, and then started to do workshops do retreats and that sort of led me into doing teacher training so um, now uh, fast forward I work for Hot Pod Yoga um, and I give them kind of half of my time with them and then the other half of my time I'm still kind of Sneeta Devi yoga and my self-employed business so I've got a really lovely balance of being employed and um, for those that you are self-employed like back on holidays you know paid holidays and all of that there's so many wonderful benefits but being with an amazing company that I really believe in and I really enjoy working with and then I have my other side um, which is teaching yoga to in different studios doing workshops and doing and retreats so I'm very busy uh, in the world of yoga and I love it um, a lot so yeah that has that given you a bit of an intro yeah, yeah. okay you work full-time or sorry you you work part-time as an employee for heart, heart, heart yeah heart. yeah yeah okay. I do so yeah I give them kind of like 15 days a month and so my role within working for hot Plus yoga is I uh, work on their teacher training so I um 
lead on their teacher training with other leads like you had lovely Elodie that joined you Elodie is part of the lead so I do that with Hot Pod run and manage their teacher training but also my role within Hot Pod is not only just the teacher training but it's to support the yoga teachers and that is uh, all the teachers that work uh, and teach in their franchise and they're really big on growing like growing and developing and supporting their teachers so that we're constantly upskilling teachers because you know you come out of a 200 hour and you've got a very like foundational level of of knowledge and then you, you get really looked after in it well a good teacher training will look after you you get nurtured and you get held in that space and then all of a sudden it's like the blanket just removes and you're out in in, in the big world and you know you're 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 in this safe environment on a teacher training and everyone's in the yoga bubble and everything's really great and then you come out and it's like oh, what do I do like oh, somebody like I had someone come in and they had all these injuries I didn't know how to deal with them or I had somebody else come in they've never practiced yoga I didn't know how to teach a beginner so there's so many different things that start to come out after once you start teaching and so one of my role is at Hot Pod is to like put programs together where we can support our teachers that they feel fully like equipped and support supported and I think that in itself is is really special for Hot Pod because and you will know this like working for studios you're self-employed and so are our Hot Pod teachers but we try to offer the uh, offer uh, support around that so they they feel like they are always like growing and, and learning and you know my whole background um, is learning and development like at the heart of everything I do is I grow individuals at the heart of everything is people and whether when I was in the law firm everything I was doing was around growing people trainee lawyers now what I'm doing is you know still people but I'm training yoga teachers so that like that that for me is what literally lights me up, you know, to be able to like inspire or uplift people that they can like kind of go out, do their thing, man, in the in the world um, and feel kind of um, empowered like to do that. So um, especially when I'm on a teacher training, like I always say to the students, I'm like, I'm like your biggest cheerleader, you know, like, come on, you've got this because nobody does it when you come out of that teacher training unless you've got a tight network around you you know unless you've got a tight group of teachers around you that support you or you're with studios that will hold you support you it's otherwise it's not there you know people that come to teacher trainings a lot of them feel like they're not like they're not good enough to be a teacher and like you know growing up for me like when I and this comes from like from how I was like brought up and stuff you know I didn't necessarily have lots of like people around me that were my biggest cheerleaders when I was growing up and so I feel strongly about being able to offer that to people that have that element of doubt like I'll capture it and I'm like I'm gonna just get that and we're gonna change that and we're gonna work through this and like and you're gonna do your thing because Everyone has an inner teacher inside of them. If there's a desire to do a teacher training, there is something inside of you. And sometimes that can get really clouded by like self-doubt. You kind of move through the cloud and kind of bring in a bit of light or a bit of sunshine into that. Then um, I kind of feel like I'm doing what I should be doing. Um, yeah, it was, I was thinking when you said you worked in like development and education and law, like that's such a great skill set to now being applied to teaching teachers and um, encouraging them to grow because we've talked about this in other podcasts about like 200 hours teacher training is just the beginning where uh, then you're released into the world and you're kind of like I don't even know where to start I do mentoring too and the teacher training group that I um, or that just finished that I'm yeah. mentoring yeah these same things like I don't know if I'm good enough to be a teacher. I don't know where to start. Like, how do I even approach a studio? And it is really nice to be able to bring your experience and guide people along the way. Cause I didn't really have much of that. Yeah. Oh, just kind of figured it out. I did have support from my second teacher training in terms of theming and sequencing that continues to this day, but that uh, real world navigation of becoming a, a yoga teacher. Yeah, super important, especially now. I feel like it's just exponentially 
um, more difficult, maybe? In the space of time that I've been teaching, it's completely different now to train as a teacher. And, you know, when I trained back in back then, I got a job, literally, I trained with um, a studio and I got a job straight away with the studio. And as soon as I got my foot in, in the door to do that, that just led into another door opening, another door opening, another door opening. But there was a few other things that I did in, in order for those doors to open as well. Um, but for teachers now to get their foot in the door, it's difficult. It's really difficult um, because they don't have the experience. Yeah. So therefore, then what you need is you need to find, have the drive, the desire, roll up your sleeves and you have to kind of work for it. Some people want the title of a yoga teacher, but don't want to put the work in. Right. Yeah. So and I'm like, no. And it's it really it's interesting because I have got a very like, strict side to me in the sense that I'm very kind of like, if you want this, you need to put your work, the work in, you know? And I think can be quite like, hey, I, I wanna do the training, but don't wanna put the effort in. I'm like, I need to see effort. And I, mm. you know, and you have, and that, you know, that's how I got all the doors open because I did, I did put the work in and I did put the effort in. There's a lot of yoga teachers out there. So if you're new, it's like, well, how do you, how do you wanna like, stand out from everybody else you know um but it also requires self-belief yeah yeah if that's not there if you're doubting yourself if you don't believe in yourself how is anyone else going to believe in you yeah you no know? but initially when you start out you do have to put effort in you have to show up you have to turn up you have to get your your face known in studios you have to make contacts you have to connect and you might do all of that and still not get a teaching role from them, you know, but then you go to the next place and you keep going and then you go, no, OK, maybe I'm going to find a community centre. Maybe I'm going to set up my own class. And what we didn't have and um, what we've got now is we've got the beauty of online. Right. Yeah. So you create your own online class. You don't need to be under the umbrella of the studio. And again, that still, again, requires work from you. You might teach one person on Zoom. You might switch on Zoom and you go, there's nobody there, you know, and that's okay. Next week you show up again and you go, ah, oh, no one's come. Okay, maybe I need to promote it more. Maybe I need to talk about it a little bit more. You show up again and you might think, ah, oh, maybe I need to change the time. Maybe I need to change the date. So it's, you're constantly like evolving and you're doing, you don't give up in yeah. that first phase, you know? I, I just think, we give up sometimes really easily. Yeah. I think also uh, um, new students or new teachers have to see that they don't see the work we put in throughout the years. Because I have been like, no one turned up to your class on Zoom or anything. I have done that. Like I went to class and no one turned up. And it's just not taking it personally, just keep going with it. Especially nowadays when where the economy is going and everyone's having a little bit less money for spending on your yoga. You're going to cut out is probably their yoga or their membership in in studio yeah. because they can't afford so I think you're just not taking it personally and just keep going and plowing through hard times but the thing you have to remember there is many people in this world that have still not got access to yoga and they still haven't found their teacher yeah. right so and they're still see seeking their teacher and so new teachers like have this this online like space that not only gets them to like in their local area, but you're, you've got visibility across the whole world. Yeah. You know, when you go on the online platform. So there's like, there's options. Where is the light in this? Where can I find the light? Okay. Let me just, let me just think instead of it always being so like, nobody wants me to teach. Oh, I can't get any classes. Oh, it's just saturated market. Well, that's what you're going to attract. Right. Yeah. So you have that mindset you're also gonna like attract that and that's kind of like yogic thinking right is the sense that like we are not our mind we want to calm the fluctuations of the mind and if you're going I'm not a good teacher no one's coming to my classes you're just feeding more and more and more into that mindset and mm -hmm. therefore that's what you're gonna kind of that's kind of what will 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 come back to you so and I'm not saying it's easy like I 100% like no and I, I hear a lot from new teachers and I know um getting your foot in the in in the door the one of the good things to do is like go 
and see if you can set up a class. If you've got a job and you're working in an office, set up a class for in your in the company that you work for. Your team, my teammates were like absolutely over the moon when I qualified as a teacher. They were like, oh, and they know me. So they felt safe. Right. So they felt safe to do do yoga and do all these weird shapes in the office. Um, and so I set up like yoga classes. So this is like, you know, you've got all these like little uh, doors, but you've just got to like look at these doors and some doors are really small. But once you open it, it's like whoosh, there's some opportunity, you know. Yeah, I think- exactly what you said, looking into your community who's around you that you could start teaching instead of having your um I guess ambitions set on like working at the biggest studio right away yeah yeah and I think like you know back when I trained it was like um well back when in my day it was like you've got to be at tri yoga that was the place to be like you know that is like hey you have made it as a yoga teacher um and I was that's kind of where but now we don't have that right like we it's things have like changed in that and there is some studios that have this kind of like real strong branding um you know you're kind of like hey I want that's some that's a studio I want to get to um go to and if you connect with them then do it give it give it a go yeah you know, <laughs> you know? a little bit different these days yeah. Yeah, it's very different, and the, and that studio is very different now. You know, so there's a lot of uh, a lot of uh, change in, in the industry, um, not only in terms of like teachers, but also like yoga studios, and you know they have been put under the spotlight. Yeah, you know, um, way more ever, you know, uh, ever than what they've ever been uh, before, because teachers are also way more vocal than what they were. You know. When I trained, you wouldn't even question what your salary was. You would be like, hey, oh, is that the rate? Oh, okay, yeah. But I've been given the opportunity to teach, so therefore that's great. But now, like, teachers are a little bit more, hey, new teachers, and I think, great, you've got a voice, like, do it. It's like they're a bit more vocal about how much they want to earn and, like, you know, and also a bit more vocal around what does your yoga studio stand for? Like, what are you, what are you, um, what's your intention behind the, the studio? Um, so I think, like, pandemic, I think studios, uh, it was, like, studios and teachers were underneath the studios. That's kind of, like, the model, you know, you work for the studios. Pandemic happened. The studios were there, so were the teachers. Things changed. The landscape completely changed because basically people were coming to their teachers, not to the studio, you know. So there was this this sense of um, sense of, oh, okay, right. On my I can teach yoga on my own without being under the umbrella of a studio, which I never thought I could. Because I thought that was the only way that I, I would be able to teach is through the umbrella of a studio. And I think when the pandemic hit, it was it was an interesting space to be in, in the yoga industry um, because, you know, teachers had a li- way more power in, in that space. And, you know, especially if you were teaching for a long time and I, you know, everything always happens. Nothing happens by chance. These things, things happen for a reason. And I remember two years before the pandemic hit I remember this because um Davina and I used to cover a lot of classes in this studio like we were really present like we would show up we would turn up we would teach our classes we would come early we you know I would come early I would chat to people uh, get to know people I would stay after a class get to know people and that, that was just what I saw as my as part and parcel of like what half of that is me that's what I'm like um so when I work somewhere like you know I show up early but me showing up early in these situations was me like connecting with people and I didn't have that intention but it was that's how it started to like work so I was doing that for two years um and what I didn't realize I was doing whilst I was like in that space of teaching and connecting with people I was building a community so when it came to the pandemic I had this community that I was serving for two years that were like coming to my classes online without being under the umbrella of a studio. That's when I realized I was like, oh, okay, right. Okay. I can do, I 
didn't realize people came to my class because they enjoyed the class. I just thought they came to class. I didn't literally, you know, when people go, oh, you know, I didn't have, I didn't even associate numbers or wait lists or anything in that space of time. I'm doing my thing. I was like doing, doing teaching yoga, like serving my community. And then like when the pandemic hit, I realized how many people that I had served and how many people then started to show up to my own kind of classes um in in that space and that's when I realized oh okay I can do stuff on my own I don't necessarily need to be under the umbrella of of a studio um in that in in that space so um that for me was like uh quite a turn for me in my in my career as in in that I had this whole avenue of like online things that I could explore and and dive into yeah mm. so I guess that that's what you can teach now to your new teachers that you you can be it's a power shift and then you can be your own person so I think it's very good um that yeah we all, we all see this and mm-hmm. what do you think about like where yoga is headed at the moment with all the shift and all the like big multi-billionaire business of like people but opening studios all the time and sometimes yoga is un- not accessible to people because getting so expensive yeah yeah and um, and also that all this yoga of like puppy yoga goat yoga gin yoga it feels like yeah. such a shift in the yoga world yeah, yeah but it's and corporatization of everything yeah. but like that again that uh, that questioning and that spotlight happened around the pandemic time that's when these these are like you know there was some like hey this industry like okay all of a sudden we're like we're talking about things like oh cultural appropriation okay all right then okay so I see okay are we like losing the essence of of the practice um because we've slowly moved it into a physical practice so these conversations were not being had like 10 odd years ago you know so so we're again we're like now like questioning a, a lot of things and it, it's it's a really good place for us to be in um because I think the way yoga was going if that didn't if 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 the pandemic didn't happen and various things within that that didn't happen we wouldn't be having these conversations that we're having and then these conversations need to happen like now and we need to talk about it because as when you take I take my role as a yoga teacher very seriously and I take my role as a teacher trainer very seriously and it, because yoga means a lot to me like I'm like fully passionate about yoga and I think like you know in order for yoga to continue past my lifetime when I leave and it carries on and it continues to like uh heal people to help people to give people space to give people peace we need to just step back and be like hey let's look at how how like yoga is portrayed in 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 the western world now in this modern world and are we losing the essence of the practice um because we're so focused on the physical but the physical is a very big part of yoga it is the the first thing we're trying to do is tap into our body right so therefore the physical practice is is really key for us to like get through this shell this outer layer making the outer layer giving space that's all we're doing in yoga is we're always trying to create space whether that's in the body whether that's in the mind so I'm trying to create that space so I've got like some peace in my body and peace like in my in my mind and that's what we're always trying to do is like create space and create peace but if we're solely focusing on the physical practice but then taking the physical practice out of context and then it's looking like you should look like this in the poses hey you should be doing these type of poses are those things creating space in your body in your mind in your heart or are they is it is it actually causing more tension because you're not achieving these perfect poses that you're seeing so I think like this the these questions that we are like exploring and have been exploring the last kind of two three years are really key and I think as yoga teachers like you've got to take a responsibility because you're feeding into 
the industry, right? So, and I always say to yoga teachers on our teacher training, like we have such a good conversation and we talk about like, let's talk about the industry. What's, what is light about our industry? What is light about the wellness industry? What is light about yoga, right? But everything has a dark side. It's just the way it is. There's always a dark side. And there's a dark side to, to yoga. And the dark side of yoga, uh, you know, is that, okay, are we taking the practice and have we watered down the practice? Are we not even acknowledging where this practice has come from? Like, do you know the history? Do you know the history of this practice? Every teacher training should be doing a history. Because if you don't know where something has come from, how can you honor a practice if you don't know the history of something, right? And the history of yoga is complicated. And the thing is, in the Western world, we love to put dates in order, everything in chronicle order. We don't necessarily have that, which is where the complication can come into the history like of yoga. We've got periods of time that we know certain things like have, have happened. So I, you know, I, I think first for me is like, we have to look back at where teachers are getting trained and what message they are being given during their training. Cause that's like a starting point for you to go mm -hmm. out and teach, teach. So, you know, I think that has led into conversations around like who's teaching on teacher training. So I look, I literally like quite, I literally, as soon as I started to delve into teacher trainings, I, I took the role really seriously because I was like, okay, I'm going to start sharing these teachings with students. And I need to just make sure I know my stuff. Do you know what I mean? Like, because it's a responsibility and it's made me learn. It's made me study more. It's made me more curious. Um, and it's made me question like, you know, oh, should we say namaste at the end of the class? Because that's what I've always been trained to, to say at the end of my class. Um, and so these are the things that we're just being a bit more question, questioning around. Um, and so we should. In order for us to keep yoga and keep letting it serve people, giving people the freedom in their mind, in their bodies, that we need to make sure as yoga teachers, you have a responsibility for this, if you just teach it as a solely as a physical practice and you can teach it solely as a physical practice but if you're teaching it in a way that is like body shaming somebody is making somebody feel like they can't do something and it's like then you're like pumping in the class hey it's a five six seven eight downward dog here we go pump 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 that's not what yoga is about you can still teach and be a yoga teacher and teach a physical practice if you're not connected to any other parts of it, but you can teach a physical practice in a mindful way where you're explaining to students that you're moving. When you're moving, the breath is moving. We're working towards creating peace on the inside. It's very different, right? The two different kind of ways of like teaching a physical practice and teaching it in a way where you're making students feel like they don't have the, the, the body shape in order to do these 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 shapes that you're asking if you're teaching it in a way that is not accessible you are moving that person you think about it you're moving that person away 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 from their own body and that's not what yoga is about it's about bringing you closer to your body and it's about you connecting to your body and if you keep pulling your your students away then that's not yoga you know this is my view on it. Sorry, yeah. that was a real rant. Sorry. <laughs> okay. You just made me think about like so many things that have happened recently in conversations with students about what you just said. Um, like keeping the authenticity of the practice and where it came from. Like I tend to speak in Sanskrit a lot and make it very clear this is the name of the posture. And, you know, I say this because the practice was developed in Sanskrit, it came from India, and we need to honor its roots and traditions. And someone came up to me yesterday and she's like, oh, I didn't know what you were talking about in any of the postures because I don't know Sanskrit. And I'm and I like had to explain, you know, this is why I teach like that. I explain how to do the yeah. postures, but um it was an advanced class. Advanced. So yeah. I would have the expectation that if you're coming to that class, you have experience in yoga. And you should 
have a have heard the Sanskrit words by that point. And yeah. then also I I know some teachers who just like don't bother to learn the Sanskrit and it, it really bothers me because yeah. kind of like oh they're like well nobody understands it anyway. I'm like but it's your responsibility to teach them. You're the, a teacher. And yeah. that's part of the history of the practice. And then I was just also having a conversation with a student this week about um, a teacher. She has a really strong practice. And she came up to me after and she's like, oh, I, this teacher told me my triangle posture was wrong. Like after class, like took the liberty to tell <laughs> this this person who has a strong practice I would never correct her triangle posture because it's she looks like she yeah. knows what she's doing yeah and I was told it was this was wrong and it should be like this and I'm like well what what does that feel like to you in your body like what action are you getting out of this pose what direction are you moving your breath in because that's what you want to consider when you're in a posture not like your hip needs to be rolled in yeah versus out then you're making it too physical you're not making it about the energetic and the breath and you giving you the opportunity to question what you feel and become your own teacher and observe for yourself yeah yeah it's you know it's because we are like obsessed with perfection Mm -hmm. and we want to like do everything right and do it correctly yeah you know and um so then you know when when someone comes up to you and says hey your triangle pose is not l- looking like how it should do or whatever the whatever the words they they use and then that person's like oh yeah you've corrected me so you've like you know and then it just kind of feeds into again that kind of stuff feeds more into the 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 way a pose looks as opposed to connecting people to a feeling um of of a pose and it's really challenging because you know you do have a role as a teacher to guide your students guide them through the asana practice like there's this and you've got to give them the cues around that in order for them to like get to the get get to that shape but it's finding the right balance of of a giving a cue and then giving like a a, a feeling and then like the sanskrit in in classes it's you know it's the language of yoga and it's also a vibrational language so when you are saying uh something in your classes it is it is landing on your on your cells of your body and it's vibrational so it lands in a certain way and all of these things again like um moving uh moving the breath work everything is about creating that like kind of space on the inside that sense of freedom and the peace on the inside so Sanskrit is like adds into that as well so you only can share what is right for you Ashley like I say like if it's your if it's your thing and it comes from you your heart you want to share with it you want to honor the practice then do it and continue on your on your journey and I have like you know when I'm on teacher trainings, I encourage teachers to like teach from what lands with them. And maybe in this point in time, Sanskrit is not landing with them, right? Maybe in a year's time it will, maybe, but know that it's the language of yoga and know and like know that like it will it will add some depth, some richness into 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 your into your classes. But it's got to come from a space of a heart. Don't see it as a tick box exercise. Tick, I use Sanskrit. That's ticking it. I'm looking up to the roots of yoga. Da, da, da. If it's not in your heart, then don't you can't teach it. You know, it's, it's interesting way. Of, I think it's a good way of seeing it because when I finished my teacher training, I was quite young, and I was yeah. like, I finished this. I was confident about it because we had very good support system with my yeah. teacher. Training. But when I went to classes and I heard people talking about philosophy and all this lots of knowledge, and I always said to myself that I like listening to it. I love these kind of classes, but I don't think I can teach that because I don't feel like I'm the big wisdom, caring of the wisdom yet. So I was just like, and as years I grew as a teacher, now I talk more about philosophy and I feel you know, I embody it more. So I'm, I'm confident to share it. But in yeah. the beginning, I was focusing on just delivering a class driving people to back to their breath and yeah. how they feel and now I'm like now I understand more so I can share more so I think it comes with 
years have you evolved? A hundred percent. It comes with time. When you first come out of a teacher training school, you've got to just you've you're literally want to like get your students from A to B, right? <laughs> like I, this is literally what I did. I literally remember putting the lights on and I went, "Hello, everyone." I'm Sita and I was like downward dog like literally I just was like and I I didn't look at any student I didn't know what they were doing I had no idea all I needed to get them to was to shavasana I was like I need to get them to this final stage and then when it was over my whole body was like and I curled up in a ball I was exhausted like the I literally who knows what anyone was doing in that class and so that's the thing that you have to be mindful for is that like you know if you look at the lineage of yoga and the teachers like that like have brought this to to the west they didn't nail it in a year Mm. you know they've been studying and studying and studying and studying and you know and slowly and I always say that to teachers, what is the rush? Like, what? It, learn the skill first to teach. You don't have to do all of it, you know? You learn the skill to teach. Once you've mastered that, maybe there's something in your heart that you go, oh, do you know what? I really want to share something on philosophy. Then take your time. Study it. If, it's not, if you're not connected to things, you're not it's not going to land and that's when you so when people say oh be authentic this is what being authentic is like teach from what is landing to you teach what how you're connecting to the practice and teach that that's the place you want to be and when I first started I didn't teach philosophy I was too worried about my left and right and remembering the sequence I literally used to think oh my god I'd remember practicing in the kitchen it's high lunge from high lunge I'm going to go warrior two from warrior two I'm going to flip and then I'm going to reverse okay then hands back down and then the next like you know as time went then I was like I need to master sun salutations then I'm like okay did I do the left leg did I do I literally this is the journey of this you know so I think like I think we have to be careful of being like hey as a teacher you should do this 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 Mm. I think teach first what lands to yourself and then slowly slowly build and and grow from that space and you might be an asana teacher you might be a physical practice teacher because the rest doesn't land with you Mm. but like just think about how much peace a physical practice can bring you it's even though it's only 20% of yoga it still brings enough peace and in a world that is uh, troubled and the stresses that we all have, if as a yoga teacher, you can just create a little bit of peace in your student's mind or in their heart or in their body, then I feel like you've done your job. You know, and if they come back the next day and that piece goes from here to goes a little bit bigger, then you've done your job. If your students are walking out your classes going, I feel awful about myself. I feel like I, I'm not good at yoga. Then you need to question what, what are you doing as a teacher? Mm. I think that to me is more important than uh, any, anything else. Is Our job is to like hold the space, hold it in a way that your students feel safe, that your students feel welcome. So this is when like, t- you know, clicks, you know, you come into these spaces and you've got the clicks and the teacher gets involved in the in the clicks as well. And I've been in studios when that has happened and I I don't have space for that. I don't have time for that. Like. As a yoga teacher, look at all your students and welcome every single student. And this is when the conversation comes in is that people feel like they're not welcome in a yoga space, you know, and it's because the teacher is too busy clicking around with the cool gang. Serve your students and serve every single one to the best of your uh, ability. Um, and I think that's really, really important that that uh, we do that. People like the idea of the yoga teacher, like being the cool yoga teacher, you know, Oh yeah, I meditate and have my green juice, and you know it's very easy to kind of like um, play the role. You can play that role, um, but are you a real teacher? You know, you want to be a real role model. 
So, you you know, I your students must love this. When I say to my students, oh, my God, my hips are so tight. This is as much as I can get in this fold. There'll always be somebody that comes up to me after class and says, so glad you said that about your hips. You know, I, oh, I'm so glad you said that you don't do a handstand. You know, make yourself a real role model and clicks. I don't have I don't have the space to even talk about it because I just don't have I have the any kind of uh, time for that kind of stuff. I'm like everybody comes. You open your arms out to every single person that comes to your your class and, and you do your best. You do your best. That's all you can do. Some students like, you know, come and you haven't caught up with them. You haven't had time to chat with them. But that's all you can do is do, do your best and create that that space for for your students. Yeah, and make I, I totally agree with that. Make everyone feel welcome, that they belong there, that their presence is noted, that they have the freedom to explore their body and yeah. move in a way that feels beneficial and good for them. So they leave the class feeling nurtured and better also that what feeds to me what also is the one of the things in the yoga industry is the lack of diversity so and that's not just in terms of race like you know most spaces that I you know have been in there's no diversity very little diversity and there's like um so that's one one thing that puts people off because they can't see somebody that is similar to them and then not only race but gender you know it's a very female um heavy industry and then age diversity right like it's a very young industry and then um size diversity right so you know there's a particular shape of person that kind of teaches yoga so we've got the and so what what we need to have in yoga is more like diversity in many different ways which then will attract people because it will be like oh I can see myself here mm. you know I can see myself in 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 this space um and and I think that's like really something that we we kind of need to work on and if you are like a I'm very conscious of it on teacher training and I'm conscious of like who my team the makeup of the teaching team I'm very aware of it and I know what I need to do or uh, to kind of uh, grow that and make that a little bit more more diverse you know and I take responsibility for that like I think it's important because I care about that and I think as if you if you are uh, a yoga if you head up a yoga school you want to think about what you, the makeup of your faculty is and who are you getting to, to deliver? Is it a diverse team? What female representation have you got versus male kind of representation? And like, look at how you can di diversify. If you're a studio manager, this is really important. If you're a studio manager, like look at the makeup of your teachers. Have you got all females? Have you all got white teachers? Is there any diversity? And go out and seek people and mm. find your teachers you've got you otherwise you're like oh it's all love and light it's like mate is it love and light at your studio or we just got like one type of person that is teaching mm. and you just bury your head like under the sand with this kind of stuff and um and I think one of the things that for me in in yoga has has really been something that I've like welcomed is the fact that we can talk about this. You know, I looked, I was preparing for this catch up with you both and um, about like 10 years ago or maybe longer, I put up something on my Instagram and it was something along the lines like, oh, I don't see anybody from my, from my culture, from my, from my background uh, in, in yoga, but I did it in such a subtle way in the sense I was very mindful of the words I was using and you know but now I can be like hey I can say more like hey it's females there's a lot of white yoga teachers and that's great I'm not saying that's a wrong thing but the balance isn't right mm. okay that's what we're seeking is more balance in that um and I think like if you are you know heading up teacher trainings if you are studio owners 
um, if you organize festivals, whatever, like look at it from that point, like look at it from that point of view is have I got a diverse point? And, you know, that will really kind of how I always just think about in yoga, like, you know, how can I leave this world in a better, better place when I leave? How can I imprint something? And, you know, like I want to leave like yoga in in a place where like it stays in in it will evolve or of course but we don't lose what the essence is about this sense of creating peace on the inside and that we can attract more people that are especially those that don't think yoga is for them that they can come to 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 these these spaces um and i think that's kind of for me that's like really um in important and you know I, i'm like one of the things that like can't does wind me up is like oh yeah we're listening we're listening I'm here to listen it's like okay can we move from listening to taking some action now because I'm not going to tell you again about cultural appropriation I'm not going to tell you again about how you can like you know puppy yoga and all of these different things like you know about it now right so what are you going to do about it how are you going to act on it and that's where the space we need to move from so you need to move from listening which is important but then you as an individual what can you act on Mm. in all of these spaces and like in 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 yoga like where are you taking action and what is important to you it's good to put it that way that uh from listening we're moving to taking action because this is where we need to be and in diversity i i remember with my modeling agencies that with diversity, I think we should also watch out for not just ticking boxes, that we need to have all these kind of people, just like actually finding people who are fitting into the team and um, yeah. serving their purpose. But also I remember in my modeling agency, they were like, oh, my friend uh, applies for them. They're like, oh, we already have a ginger girl, so we don't need another one. Oh, we already have a Gaptoos girl. It's like, well, then again, it's like, you think the box that you already had that one kind of person, so I don't need any more, which is, again, a very bad way of looking at it. So you just, on the surface, yeah. you're like you're diverse and accepting people, but then you're just taking boxes and then moving on. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the um, making a person a token. Mm. Yeah, literally. Yeah. You know, it's difficult, but it requires, like, effort. And, I, you know, everything requires effort. In order to change, you have to kind of put some effort in into this. But um, yeah, the tick box exercise. You know, I get asked. I I don't now, but I did initially, especially when. Um, and this is the interesting thing because you know, uh, with the industry, it's like oh, it was a hot topic, cultural appropriation. And then all of a sudden, I had people reaching out to me going, "Hey, would you like to come and teach for our studio?" I'm like, "Do you know anything about me?" Do you do you want to know where I train? Do you want to know what my interest is or anything? Like get to know me. And then those questions, Melinda, exactly that. Oh, do they fit in the team? Oh, I think they will really fit in the team because they've they offer this or they're interested in this. So it's like, you know, when people do this tick box thing thing, it's like, well, first, why don't you get to know the individual? Because I might not necessarily be a fit. So don't recruit me just for the color of my skin, but recruit me because I am I'm, I'm a fit for what you're trying to like do and what you're uh, trying to, to get. So I think the bit that I think gets missed out is the bit where they go, hey, tell me a bit about you, because on my socials, you will know a bit about me, but you wouldn't know anything else. Bar mm. that. You know, you wouldn't know the where I trained or like what other trainings that I've done um, and what I am trying to achieve in yoga, all of that. So I think just kind of like getting to know and like building uh, building a network, relationships with uh, like yoga teachers and getting to know them and then thinking how actually they're a real right fit for what we're what we're trying to do. Yeah. Mm. But it's so it's not just stays on a surface level, but you actually care care to sort of yeah yeah like find out a bit you know and then uh, we'll take the the relationship like from there. But if you're just going to reach out to me and go, hey, we're looking for some more. I mean, literally, the thing that you can like goes wrong is, hey, I'm just looking for a bit more diversity. So I was wondering if you can come on to our on onto our festival. Okay, 
all right, yeah. <laughs> it with the male student, like male teachers as well, because I remember one of my um, male friends was saying that, uh, oh, I just get, get into studios because they don't have any male teachers. It's like, you should not just hire someone because they are male or because they have different... I, yeah, it, I know, and it's... it's, it's um, it's tricky it's it's tricky but I think like uh, moving making effort towards that and moving towards that and you know like it's so great to have diversity isn't it like you know at Hot Pod I'm like working with like um, Nick and it's really nice to work with a male energy you know it's really lovely um, to have have a different energy a different perspective a different view and like you can kind of challenge each other and you can grow like within those kind of like conversations so it's really nice just to work with with different people that come from different backgrounds everything adds so much um, uh, and you can like flourish and, and grow like within that because you're bringing in all these different views perspectives and people from different kind of backgrounds different cultures and and so forth different ages so um yeah you learn from each other I think on that yeah. on retreats when we have some conversations in the evenings and you people tell about their how they were brought up and what they do at home and their uh, little little um ceremonies or things they do and it's just so interesting because everyone came from such a different walk of life different ages different countries and actually and I, we, we really like that because we both came from a different country but we all yeah. live in the UK and going into Greece to practice yoga together and we are also different and it's just so interesting just to hear all the different stories oh it's so lovely it's so nice to like have that like yeah and that is what yoga is about like connection and you are connecting you know yeah. we are disconnecting in this world but yoga connects us like that's that's I mean retreats are just like magical that time that you spend like getting to get to know your students and the connections that you make are like yeah something else definitely yeah. <laughs> I just remembered we didn't cover um what brought you to yoga? You said you started 20 odd years ago. What yeah. brought you to start? Yeah. Um, actually, um, what brought me to yoga? So I've always done when I left university, I um started to like go to the gym and do a treadmill, and then I do like kind of like classes like body pump and boot camp classes, all sorts of classes. And I just was really kind of um into like my my fitness and actually in the gym um they had a class and they don't have these anymore but it was called body balance back then and so basically that was a combo of like pilates and yoga uh together and you know back then I didn't question it but now I question that combo but anyway um that's past now I can't do anything about it but anyway it the point is that I that's where I started and actually then it just started to like evolve and um and I used to do more and more yoga um and like I found uh various different styles and then just I started to understand and connect with the teachers that I was practicing with at that time and the shtanga teacher and I kind of started to connect to a deeper I, I thought oh there's a deeper level to this practice and then my own heritage and my own upbringing and the rituals and things that we were brought up on there was this like I, I can't explain it like it just all kind of just sat really nicely together um, and so my initial entry was Ashley to answer your question was through body balance and then over the years and over time um and then just like you know how we were brought up in uh, in certain rituals that my mum and dad did um kind of also I saw that coming into yoga so it's just really nice because it was kind of really organic from that space um I just continued and oh I just loved I used to love going to yoga you know, like love going to a class, like it would be like, if I don't make it to yoga, there's going to be a problem for the rest of the day. You know, it's that kind of, it was that like some, uh, the thing is in the Western world, we need the science, but like 
I just didn't need the science. I was like this Eastern like medicine that has come down. It's an intuitive practice. And intuitively, I feel better than what I did when I when I when I came in, you know, and then I was like, I just wanted more of it. I was like, oh, my God, then getting into the styles. And, you know, I really love like, you know, when you go to a really good class, like the everything, like the movement, the practice, just everything. Like, um, I love that. And the reason I use the word used to it is just that my practice looks very like different now. I'm very more steady in my practice. I'm like, you know, I've had some things happening in my own personal life and I never experienced yoga as a healing tool, if I'm honest, because I came through fitness and I came through enjoying something. And then I've had, uh, as life will throw all of us, these curveballs. And then when these curveballs come, you uh, you you re- you start to understand or, you know, how yoga can heal you whether that's a loss in your heart because someone has 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 left and you want to heal and you want to process and so something happens between moving breathing on the four corners of your mat something happens that everything just comes a little bit back into a little bit more space of I feel a bit more I feel better than what I did when I came in I'm still grieving but I feel a little bit better you know and then you just keep you keep going back and then you know eventually you find a a new version of yourself in some some way um because that that loss or that that whatever you've experienced in your life that's caused pain um has kind of passed but it's kind of left you feeling same same but different different but the practice does that you know, the practice does that. And as I've got older, I've got a very, I was brought up with strong faith. And so when I practice now, I always practice up because I know there's something more bigger than me. I'm yoking or uh, something more above, above me. And so that kind of um, where I find a lot of like space and a lot of, a lot of, a lot of peace is in in knowing in knowing that that what is like above me and that I'm part of something more um is yeah because we are right we're we are we're not our bodies we're something more and so um but you know this is why I love yoga because I think like there is uh, you can go from the physical and you can move into different layers of it it starts with the body and then you can go into all the different layers and deeper layers of yourself if that's what is what is your calling right we can't be critical of people and be like oh they just do a physical practice and that's it it's like well maybe that only they know what they get out of it but if you want to go deeper and connect deeper deeper there is more to it if that's what the calling is, you know, and like to be able to, and that's what yogis were doing. They were just sitting, exploring in forests, like that everything is inside of us, but we need to become still in order to hear that, in order to hear that, to know um, and come back to this state of our true kind of like nature. Um, but that requires you to go beyond the practice. It requires you to become still and sit with ourselves we're not very good at sitting with ourselves you know and that's the thing in in yoga studios that's how the structure of classes are like um they kind of separate things like they have like yoga styles all the classes then now as time has gone on you'll see like oh this is a meditation class there's a meditation and then you have like oh this is a pranayama uh, class but actually we put all three together and i don't know if you've experienced this but oh my God, to sit after asana practice, you do your pranayama, you sit and to sit and be in that space is the gem, you know? But what do we do? We, we like do shavasana, we come up, we cross, we like, you know, close the practice and it's like, boom, out the door. How about if I sit just for a minute and everything is like in, in a space of integration can I just sit? Because that's what 
how yoga was like, you know, uh, that we, in order for us to be able to sit and become still, like to put that in. And that's kind of like definitely where I have uh, moved in my own teaching is to get people to become a little bit more still. And even if it's just a minute, and I still get people that like are like sitting there looking at me like, really, come on, I need to... I need to get to work. I've got to go. And that's fine. But if I, this is important to me, if you can sit for a minute, the world can wait. And then you can go about your day, you know. Um, but yeah, so that's what I think is 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 missing, I think, is that bit at the end of the practice where we can get people to meditate. And we kind of put it out in isolation. And actually, if you do it after an asana practice, you do your pranayama, then you sit that's a really nice kind of um uh way of kind of completing that that practice um so you can go about your about your day yeah yeah let's like well the type of yoga that i started practicing in canada uh we did like a physical practice yeah. and the shavasana for about 60 minutes and then um pranayama and meditation and i just like learning yoga is an evolution you learn through your yeah. body you're like oh why yeah. do I have to do this breathing stuff why do I have to sit here and meditate yeah. it, and and then because I just stayed because they were doing it in the class <laughs> and then I didn't leave I like yeah. started to see you know how powerful it was and once you like get into a place where your body can sit more comfortably and you can do that you really see the powerful of just dropping into that space and that piece but there is a long period of time where you're training yourself to be able to get there yeah that's where like you know philosophy of the deeper layers of yourself come into the koshas and the physical layer into the breath the the mind yeah Yeah. all of that and yourself but you have to start from the out and go in and what do they like it's like peeling away at an onion you have to start the outer and you can't fault anyone for starting with their physical body and in a lot of physical practice because it's a conduit to getting there 100 and that's it and you know there's some days I practice and I don't go past my body yeah my hips are like on my hamstrings or my quads and this is the the, the conversation the dialogue in my head is just like oh my god my body's so tight oh my this is happening and that's where the space that I'm in like all the time you know or in my in sometimes in my practice and then sometimes I'm in 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 a different like space so and I don't think there's anything in wrong in uh sitting in in that that space or like if you go deeper you 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 can go like deeper and I think like my yoga is not better than your yoga you know what I mean uh-huh. it's like it's only you know what is 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 creating um peace and sometimes I don't want to sit with my eyes closed because uh-huh. my mind's a bit disturbed Oh, I've got something on my mind and literally I don't want to sit with my eyes closed. I think I just need to go have a strong yoga practice just to move for a bit, you know, and that's okay. Yep. Yeah. There's no right and there's no wrong. This is it. Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah. Yeah. But I, I, I like it. You know, our role as teachers is like creating that space where we can um give people the tools to do that self-inquiry and, mm. and understand that there's more going on than yeah. the, than just the physical asana yeah it's powerful anyway like the physical asana you just I hope that that just it makes an amazing place for people to go forward out into the rest of their day from regardless exactly that's it that's it like you know there's been as there's a a reset has been like there's been a bit of a reset in their day they've been on the mat and we've we've hit like a reset I think we just have to not preach Mm. to and like make sure that like we are, are like everything's an offering you know and um and people have that exploration that like um, so that they can dive in and explore with, within themselves without kind of the teacher preaching um, in uh, throughout the, the practice. So it's just finding, finding, uh, I think, finding that 
that right kind of tuning of that is 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 really important and it's really natural when you come out of a teacher training because you want you want to preach because you just learn a load of stuff you know it's really normal it's normal and you know you want people to be like you need to have a dog like this because that's how I've learned it because I all you know that's how I and so you know eventually these things start to like knock away but like it takes it takes time you know and my sister um always says to me always go back to when you were on your teacher training always go back to the what you were like when you were on your teacher training and remind yourself of what it is like to be back in 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 that space um but yeah yeah yeah, it's, it's true. Um, yeah, thank you very much. I think it's quite a lot of food for thought and a uh, lot of things that we can reflect on. And yeah. is there anything else you wanted to share or ask? No, um, uh, nothing. I've loved kind of um, talking to you um, both. Um, it's funny, isn't it? Because when someone asks you to do a podcast, you go, more for nothing to say. <laughs> and as but then as soon as it like someone then you start talking you realize oh actually I have got a fair bit a fair bit to say so I feel like um firstly like thank you for like giving me a platform um for me to like really um share my views and my uh thoughts um and yeah and for 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 listening like um it's been really lovely actually to um to when you do things like this and you start talking which is really great why the work that you're both doing about putting a podcast together because you start to realize what what is important to you in yoga and what isn't so important to you so it really starts to so a conversation is so powerful um Mm. and it kind of really gets you to to go oh okay actually I do feel strongly about that I didn't realize I did but clearly I do or no I don't feel about that so yeah so that's kind of um uh and that's been really great to be in 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 that space I'm sure there's going to be a few posts now on me because you've planted seeds in my head (laughs) strongly about but yeah so thank you both for having me um um it's been uh, lovely to chat to you both yeah thank you thank you for listening to our podcast if you would like to meet us in person maybe join us on a day retreat or a retreat we have some events coming up before i am away on maternity leave you can join us in a day retreat on the 21st of october in london or you can join us in our first retreat next year april the 18th till the 21st of april in norfolk for all information just visit our events page on our website Thank you.